We have all experienced those games in the team we know they're capable of. It just doesn't show up. The energy was off. They were more quiet than usual. Maybe they were tired. Maybe they're upset about their performance. Just off. But we can't just chalk it up to an off day. So what can we do about it? That's what we discussed in today's episode. We catch up on my season part four. I don't know what week it is at this point. We had a lot of great conversations, so we hope you enjoy. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. We're back with my season again after a bit of a hiatus because, shocker, we coaches get busy and get behind. Uh, but it worked out okay because I have better stories to tell now. So, Alicia, I'm handing it back to you. Which is always interesting because you have to introduce yourself when we're talking yeah. about Hi, it's me. <laughs> Alicia started. So, um, well, I'm really excited to kind of catch up with you. I know that um, I've been working with your team. Uh, I think we just wrapped up last week. So I'm really curious to see and hear about, one, how things have been going with your team and how have you seen or if you've seen any shifts in anything based on kind of some of the things that we've talked about uh, with your team over the last six weeks. Yeah, well, for those who are interested in what we keep like hinting at, uh, we will drop an episode hopefully soon with kind of an overview of what our um, like our 2.0 program is for consulting. Um, but the gist of it is most recently we were focused on um, that internal talk, making sure we have uh, helpful thoughts going through our head. We've talked about um, using I statements and really getting out of our own way, because we all know that's the biggest issue with our girls. Um, so uh, we left off with two great games against a good team. Um, very good team, excuse me. And then we uh, had, I think, a couple of games in between before we went up to our big tournament. Not, it's not actually a tournament. It's just four games, but against different opponents up in North Carolina, but it feels like a big deal because it's a heck of a hike. <laughs> so we drove up there seven hours. Uh, we were feeling good. Uh, felt like we thought we were ready. <laughs> and we just did not show up. It was um, not pretty. Uh, we had we lost game one. To me, it felt like a close game, but like to like their facial expressions, <laughs> including like one of our uh, pitchers who just again did a great job, but like, gave up the wrong hits at the wrong time, and just totally wiped her out. So in my head, I'm like, dang, okay, so those negative thoughts are not wiped out. Um, and then the next game we lost to a team we should not have lost to. <laughs> so it was kind of like a bleh, day one, um, kind of got into a couple of, them for pouting. Um, and then kind of that evening was just like, okay, we got, we got to figure something out. So we talked a lot about like, Hey, what? And I had to <laughs> text Alicia, I got these ideas. What do I actually do? <laughs> so get my mental training in between games. Uh, but we did a little exercise like, Hey, what's the difference between what you want, the outcomes you want and what you expect yourself to do regardless of that outcome. 
Um, so we had some good examples. I did not get the girls' permission to share them, so I'll share a gist. I should have. Maybe next episode I'll ask their permission. Um, but some examples were uh, I want to – like pitching example is a good one. I, I want to get more strikeouts. I want to give up less home runs. <laughs> I want to win more games. Uh, but I expect myself to be ready every pitch. I expect myself to make adjustments batter to batter. And I was just like, oh. And mind you, some of these amazing examples are from a freshman. I'm like, this is, oh, looking so good. So that got me really excited. So every player came up with their things. Um, it was interesting that I put this in our like group chat, but they all wanted to tell me privately, which was very interesting to me. I'm curious. I'm sure each kid is different, but I'm curious why they were more comfortable in private. Um, but we did talk about that. And then we started off day two way better. Uh played a team that was weaker than us, to be honest, but like came out as we should and beat them 11-0. <laughs> but then <laughs> it was like, like, whew, did it, check it off, we're good now. And then psych, got beat 11-0. <laughs> so the, the sports information director's write-up made me laugh. He's like, it, the title was softball on both ends of 11-0 games. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's true. Had some work to do. Um, Came back and we kept kept working on things. Uh, we, gosh, who was in between? This is the season, time of season where everything runs together. So I'm just going to skip ahead to <laughs> our most recent games. Um, so, oh, that's what it was. Our game got rained out. We started off, meh. Uh, I think we should, when if we can finish that game, I think we should come back. We were down 2-0 off of like the wet ball flying everywhere. <laughs> That was how they scored their two runs. Um, but then we came back, played a team that um, I considered weaker again, but I was still curious to see how they'd come out. Uh, and they they came out hot. They made sure they had their little dance party before. They decided that was what gets them going. Um, but the interesting thing was in between those games, we revisited our goals. So um, the girls' goals, the outcome goals they had at the beginning were uh, – I giggle every time. Wait, what was it? I can't remember the actual. I think it was a 750 win percentage all season. We played 40 games and I scheduled very tough. And uh, 750 on base percentage. <laughs> and then a 700 Hue monitor. So 7 out of 10 energy all the time. They wanted energy. So we adjusted the, the first two outcome goals to be more realistic. The good thing was their process goals were great. It was... Um, Every the only one that was realistic was everyone gets a hit. I don't really care that much about hits. I care about quality of bats. So they switched it to everyone executes. I'm like, ooh, very good. I like that. Uh, no snowball innings was one. Uh, score first was one. So they had very good process goals. But then when we got to the Hume monitor, which we all love, we are all big on energy. However, one of the seniors pointed out that it felt like we were using energy as an excuse. Ah, our energy wasn't there. Our energy needs to be better. Our energy wasn't there. And what they came down to talking through that was it came down to really focus. No matter what energy you have, what's your focus through that? And I was like, oh, that's genius because there were so many times where they'd come with less energy and almost beat themselves up more for it. Like, shoot, I can't be a seven today. <laughs> like, even kids who uh, never wanted to be a seven. They're like, no, I'm a, I'm a steady five. 
Like, I'm good when I'm low-key. Uh, so that was a cool shift. And so that next game, when they, they had a little dance party, it was fine. It wasn't like bozo energy. The focus was there the whole time. And I, ah, I was so proud. So ended up, uh, everyone hit, everyone kept going, ended up winning 17-0. <laughs> that was the first time in a while I've thought of like, okay, do I make her step off the base now? Because uh, you could tell they had like position players pitching, that kind of thing where you're like, I feel for you, girl, but keep fighting. But to the other team's credit, they kept fighting. They did not give up either. Um, so finished that game 17-0. And then between games, I had always had a plan in my head to get some of our girls who don't get a lot of innings time because we know how injuries happen quickly. I'm like, I can't go through the rest of the season with them not having any innings. And then surprise, you're going. So because this was a junior college team, it wouldn't count against our instead of a record. I'm like, I have more leeway. But I didn't want it to feel like like pity innings. Like, oh, we won so we we blew them out. So now you can play. I'm like, no, no, they've earned their play because of how hard they work and how hard they keep on going. So brought like whole new, pretty much whole new lineup, exception of a few people, second game, and they still pulled it out. It was awesome. I was so proud. So sweep on the day, ended up strong and then came back. Practice yesterday was strong. Um, and now we're going into our first conference games tomorrow. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you because I think you've really primed them for the conference schedule. Um, I want to go back to two things. One, uh, the part about when you talked about the difference between focus and energy. And I, I can, as you said, I was like, yeah, there's a definite distinction between the two because you can also, as we've talked about before, you can have too much and you can have too little energy, both which can impact your impact your focus. But I think sometimes coaches and I can see myself getting to the same trap can say, you don't have the energy, therefore you don't have the focus. And that isn't necessarily true because the energy, it doesn't matter if it's high school or college. Um, college, obviously schedule is longer and more grueling than high school, but if the kids don't know anything different, you don't know anything different. So in high school, it's pretty grueling, right? So same for college and, and travel for a different reason because of the heat and how many games you play and all the things. So I think what's important to, for the kids to understand is that they don't have to have this high energy all the time to be able to focus and perform because it's not possible to have a certain level of energy consistently through a season, not even consistently through a day or a week. So as coaches, how do you recognize the difference? So what is what are some of the things your kids said when they realized the difference between energy and focus and how how did they get there? How did they recognize it? I will say I wish I had dug deeper to individuals because we were in a, a group setting listening to this. So I would have loved to hear like exactly how they got there. But the gist of the convo was uh, we can't rely on energy. Like they are related, absolutely. And they definitely affect each other. Um, there are scientific studies where if your energy is too high, your vision literally narrows. Um and then when you're too low energy, you take too much stuff in visually. Um, so there is a balance there. But they were noticing, like, it always happens every year. The dugout was cheering, but we're not talking on defense. <laughs> like, uh, I know. But, like, A, sometimes they're like, dugout, you were quiet. We need you. I'm like, give them a break. <laughs> 
like they want to be out there too. It's like, give them a break. But then B is like, I don't need you like going bonkers, crazy talking every pitch. I need you like aware of every pitch. And they were like, yeah, but that's less of like just talking and just being vocal and more about knowing the play, thinking it through, being aware of the situation. Then that's what drifted to us towards, oh, our issue isn't just pouting and feeling low energy after a mistake. It's refocusing after a mistake. So like, because I firmly believe like you need your chance to pout and be a little bit upset about it, but you have to refocus. So I think they took it from like, oh, but even if we're not feeling our best energy, we can still focus. So they took it then to next pitch. A next pitch focus then became our top goal. And I think that's important that you allowed them to process that themselves because when Mm -hmm. they can figure that out themselves, it's way more impactful. And this is where sometimes coaches, including myself, can get in the trap of overcoaching and overtalking because you can talk all day and they're going to hear 10% of what you said. But when you facilitate a conversation and you allow them to process that, that is worth its weight in gold. And that is the key, I think, to me, for for uh, a big portion of coaching is actually allowing more people to speak and listen more. So freaking hard to do in the moment because as coaches, including myself, I have all the answers. I, got it. Just I know listen. the answer to this. Shh, yeah. I got you. Exactly. <laughs> and it just, but it doesn't work that way. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes they may need a little guidance through the conversation. So for mm-hmm. coaches listening to this podcast, my personal challenge to each and every one of you is to how how do you as a coach work to facilitate more conversations and allow them mm-hmm. to process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're really good at that. And I think I will also preface that with saying it is only possible if you have a strong foundation of culture in the first place where mm-hmm. the kids can trust each other mm-hmm. and can feel uh, vulnerable, can feel that they can be vulnerable in front of each other. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you for allowing that to happen, because those are the things that as a coach, you don't necessarily see instantaneous results, but you see over the course of your season, a significant change Mm -hmm. from start to finish or from when you had this conversation to the end. So I think that that's a really super important lesson, not only for coaches, but Mm -hmm. for your players as well to identify that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, The second thing I wanted to dig back into a little bit more was what your pitcher said. Like how she, how she differentiated between what she wants and what she, what was, what did you say? What she wants versus. I'm going to go ahead and read hers. Expectations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find hers. One second, everyone, while I get on my phone. And this came again from a freshman. And I think that that's um, awesome to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Young, But again, when you share with your team is helpful And it's interesting, like you mentioned, that they weren't necessarily ready to share with the team, but share with you personally. That's a step in the right direction. But I think when you can work to also share with your other teammates, there's so much power in that because they realize they're not alone. Because if you ask them without fail, when you ask the the kids I work with in in a team environment, how many of you have felt like you feel this way that you're feeling, Mm. feel alone, and they raise their hand all the time, all of them. Oh, yeah. I I love that moment when you can see in their eyes like, oh, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I love that moment because, you know, it's so much heavier when you feel like it's just you struggling. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And so Sorry, I felt it. So much lighter when you realize you're not alone. So much lighter. So much lighter. Like, I think that's a big hurdle for us as coaches. Um, when I hear the like, ah, I don't understand this generation, like why they're struggling so much. I think that's the key is it's so heavy to them. It's not as heavy to us. We're on the outside. We've had life experiences we've gotten through. It is so heavy to them. They can't see through it. They can't hear you say, just believe in yourself. <laughs> it right. does not get through. <laughs> no. And I think that the weight that they carry is something that we, we can't understand. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair for coaches um, that haven't experienced what they're experiencing to say things like back in my day or when I played times are different, things are different. And there's, and it's not the kid's fault. It is not these kids fault that they grew up with a phone. That's the, the technology, right? So what is going to be different when our kids are older? Oh, right? God. I know. But these are the types of things that we have to recognize as coaches that we just simply can't understand. And most of the time they can't even verbalize Mm-hmm. where these pressures are coming from. Because mm-hmm. if you ask them, they say societal pressure is an example I've heard mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. I say, what does that mean to you? I don't know. I just mm-hmm. feel like I mm-hmm. have to be perfect. Yeah. Because society makes me feel like I have to be. And so mm-hmm. what society is, is this, I don't know, this cloud in the sky that we can't define. Mm-hmm. If we can't define it, then how can we help them through it? Right. I think that it's not fair to expect the same thing out of them when, as, as when we played and um, it's the, that's the biggest challenge of coaching is understanding this generation. It isn't Mm -hmm. their fault and we can't, and we need to stop blaming them and we need to work with them. Mm -hmm. And honestly, just forget about generalizing because every kid is so different anyway. (laughs) I hear that all the time. And the generalizing drives me crazy. Like mm-hmm. these kids can't do X. But Which I, kids? <laughs> yeah, I, I have kids that can and I have mm-hmm. kids that can't yet. But mm-hmm. let's work with them or help them understand it. Because the juniors and seniors have been through something different than the freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, I'll get off my yeah. soapbox and let you read. No, I'm staying on the box for a minute. <laughs> thing is like, we coach need to understand where, where it's coming from for us too. Like it's not just jerk coaches who do this. It is very caring, well-meaning coaches who do it too. It comes from our deep desire <laughs> to be everything we can for these kids to help them in every way. And when we feel hopeless, then we start just to find some kind of reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, fine. Maybe it's just the way they are. <laughs> Very true. And I do believe it comes from a good place. I really mm-hmm. do. Believe that. I've seen some really amazing coaches that, and I've worked with so many that say, just suck it up. Like, mm-hmm. no, no. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah. they don't know how. Yeah. They don't know what they're feeling or how to express what they're feeling in this moment. So we've got to help them work through it and have some freaking empathy. In yep. the moment, we have to have empathy. And if, mm-hmm. if it can, get through that part. And sometimes you just might have to stop practice and have your assistants take over while you take the kid off to the side and say, what's mm-hmm. going on, girl? Why, yep. why are you crying? Because there there's gotta be, that's part of that heavy load that they carry that they, they don't mm-hmm. know how to express in any other way, but to cry mm-hmm. at least with my experience. And I know oh, yeah. Same here. you've talked about this with multi, I've talked with multiple coaches and the crying has been like 
way over the top lately. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. why? And I've heard parents and coaches say, especially parents, COVID did a number on my kid. She didn't mm-hmm. come out the same. She's not the same kid she was before COVID. I've heard that and it hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to fix it. We just have to work with them to help them almost re uh, be reintroduced to society almost mm-hmm. and, and emotions and feelings. And I think that the empathy piece has to, has to be there, mm-hmm. has to be there. And it's not just it's oldies either. Mm-hmm. I've got a student coach who does the same thing. It's just from our desire to help and our lack of actual control. <laughs> yes. We have so little control and as control freaks, that yes, is it's hard. Awful. That is so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> what an awful setup we coaches have. I know. Put a bunch of control freaks in a position where you have none. You have control over the lineup when you write it on the card. And then after that, you just throw hope to the wind and hope they do what, they, what you ask them to do. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. Okay. Sorry. That was a tangent that was necessary because I bet you are, are people are like, uh-huh, I get it. Uh, so some of her examples. This is a picture. I want to win. So it's like you put in one column what you want and then the other column what you expect of yourself to give yourself the best chance of that thing. So I want to win. I expect myself to give everything I have. I want to feel like I have a purpose outside of pitching. She's not a PO, but currently that's her role. And her expectation was, I expect myself to make the most out of every opportunity I'm given. Uh, I want to trust my defense behind me. That's hard for pitchers. Uh, and her expect was, I expect myself to do what I can and know everything will work out the way it should. Ugh. So hard to do in the moment, but huge for her to say this. Uh, I want to pitch low-scoring games. I expect myself to attack each batter and get the results I want. Like, yes! Uh, I want to give up less home runs. Told you that one. That was funny. She had a running joke. She gave up a home run a game, even though she won most of them. Uh, (laughs) I expect myself to pitch on the corners, produce movement, and minimize missed pitches. Genius. Alicia's hands are up, everyone who can't hear her right now. Um, I want to have more strikeouts. I expect myself to trust my pitches and make adjustments to the umpires and take advantage of their calls. Big talk we have every year because umpires are not perfect. Get over it, people. Um, and then this is a good one. I want to stop being so hard on myself. I expect myself to separate emotions from the game and realize what is within my control. Amazing. And the last one was, I want to go back to my carefree mindset. This girl is so fun. <laughs> She's like total goofball. You just want to hug her. She's like a little ray of sunshine. And so she said, I expect myself to do my job efficiently and separate my abilities from my doubts. Unbelievable. Though. That's a freshman. Right? That's just like, that is really, really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Super, super intentional. Mm-hmm. And I know we use that word a lot. This exercise has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to write it down. It's a whole nother thing to like really think about it and be intentional with your thoughts. And, and it's a mindset shift. It really, truly is. And I think that we've talked about this so many times, but I'll say it again. Um, small mindset shifts make big differences. And when you can recognize those things and be intentional with your thoughts, it's so empowering. And I love it. And I'm really proud of her. And let's be honest, like we've had combos with 12 U players that were yes. also like, wow, you are so <laughs> self-aware. <laughs> so true. 
So true. And I think that that's another, that's another thing when we just talked about previously Mm -hmm. was as coaches, just listen, Mm -hmm. you can get so much information on your players, right? Because a lot of, a lot of coaches ask us, well, how do I get to know a player? Like, just listen Mm -hmm. and and throw out or create this exercise for your team. What do Mm -hmm. I want versus uh, what do I expect? Mm -hmm. And then also having and help guide the conversation are the expectations. Mm -hmm realistic because if they start writing down things like I expect to be perfect Mm -hmm. (laughs) then that's where you can help guide the realistic expectations right Mm -hmm. the listening piece is so key but kudos to you for having her do that and kudos for having helped me (laughs) I was like what do you think of this exercise you're like yeah do this (laughs) yeah but I just think it's super cool that uh you take this intentional time with your team and um I'm very confident it's going to pay off in ways that you probably won't even imagine. And it's not always in the wing column. And I think that that's obviously why you do what you do. And you're really seeing mm-hmm. the impact year two mm-hmm. right now on these kids. Even she's a freshman, obviously. She's still the first time she's seen, um, been with you. But your two kids, I see a huge difference in the way some of your older kids that I worked with last year and that you've coached for a year and a half now that almost two years that have changed their language and think about things differently. So super cool. Super yeah. cool. That's also the benefit of talking less, listening more. As you start to hear them echo the language you're trying to teach them, and you're like, ooh, okay, that stuck. Yes. Ooh, they like that. <laughs> That's my favorite. When they when uh-huh. come back and you, like, it happens also when I have uh, former players that come back and coach. They're like little mini-me's. And yes. they're like, yes. what they're saying. And I'm like, I'm yes. so proud. Because <laughs> so. like sometimes the mini-me's can be of your worst things. So I'm glad it's the good things. <laughs> that what I do? Are you mirroring what I do? Cause I don't know if I love that. So yes. Super cool. Well, yeah. Best of luck this weekend Thank you. and yes. we'll catch up next week and get another, um, I guess another summary of how things are going and have another good combo. So that was totally unplanned. And I think that those are sometimes the best that we have. So yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this one and just, you know, the goal of these podcasts as well is for each coach to really kind of do the self check. Cause I have to mm-hmm all the time. Myself. Yep. <laughs> it's been very valuable, but it's hard. It's hard to say, you know what? I didn't do that right. I should have listened more. I should have done this better. Or is there a way, sorry, I don't like the word should. We've already discussed this. Really, <laughs> just really being more thoughtful about how maybe you could have done something differently or, or mm-hmm. did they actually impact somebody negatively, or maybe go back and say to that player tomorrow, Hey, I'm really sorry about how you know, we, we ended the conversation yesterday. That's not really what I meant. I just want to make sure, you know, X, Y, Z. So I think that that's important as coach too. So, yeah. Well, best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Talk soon. Yep. Bye. Bye. And that is a wrap on today's episode. If you would like to figure out where you can help your team in this moment, go to mentalsweetspot.com slash assessment so you can figure out which of the C's your team needs to focus on right now. Because like we said, energy is not the same as focus. So if you can focus on a couple of the right things, you can get yourself back on track faster or stay on track to where you know this team can go. All right? Head there now and enjoy. Thanks for joining us.